I think this is a good a good little checklist to have. Are they transparent? How easy is it to contact them? Do they have a mission statement? Do they have support from the local community? If they check all of those boxes, I think you're pretty much good to go. Yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Izzy, that was perfect. I know. You've never, you're always like, hello. Hi. Hi. (laughs) It's Izzy with a dog. (laughs) You never want to do it. And that was, God, Lupin, Lupin just sneezed on me. Um, Yeah, that was perfect. You never want to do it and you nailed it. And you went through a poem out there. First time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even realize. (laughs) That wasn't even my intent. (laughs) I'm just feeling extra social today. Yeah. I've had my hair cut, so I'm feeling a bit confident. Yeah, you got your, you got your tea. Yeah, I got my tea. Just had my chamomile tea, so I'm like nearly ready for bed. Feeling great. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm good. Mm. I, yeah. Expand. <laughs> Expand. I'm fine. I'm fine, okay? <laughs> the house is on fire, but I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, everything's fine. Weather's been great, which is nice. Except for yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday was terrible. Was, yesterday was miserable. But before that, like, it was sunny. Mm. Daylight saving time has been, has passed. And so everything's, like, lighter and brighter. Yeah, that is nice, um, isn't it? Yeah. I've definitely felt my mood change in the past week. Yes. From, like, on the verge of, like, mental breakdown because I was just so sick of the gray to all of a sudden being, like, there is. Slightly less mental There breakdown. is light <laughs> at the end of every tunnel. Yeah. And it's here. We made it to the end of winter. We made it. It's going to start raining again for like the entire month of April, probably. Yeah, April showers, isn't it? Yeah, April and probably May, and then it'll get like kind of sunny again in Seattle. It'll be good. I feel like I need to set a reminder on my Alexa for this time next year, just with like motivational quotes, just to like keep me going. Yeah. Yeah, like you've got this. Two more months to go. Maybe we'll get one of those sun lamps in I the do podcast studio. I've got one. one. Yeah, my desk. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a sun lamp for the studio, and then we'll actually we'll exude happiness every time we record <laughs> instead of being like, "Hi, hey, <laughs> welcome to the podcast." Welcome. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway, uh, we need to say who we are and stuff. Well, welcome to the show. It's with a dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Izzy. And I am Carly. And uh, we're basically here to interview vets, trainers, products, and game changing pet parents so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> that was beautifully done. <laughs> that was all from memory, guys. She was just going for it. And she, I was, I'm killing it today. I'm you are. You, I'm on it. You are. You know, everything is going right for us today. Lupin is even sleeping through his dinner time right now. He doesn't even know. Shh, don't tell him. Yeah, don't don't say the word. I won't. He didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We're good. But we are here today to finish the third in the series. Maybe we'll tack on some a fourth at some point. Who knows? If who you knows? want it, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what? So we're not going to say that this is the end of it, but our two episodes before this, it's How to, so we said the barriers, like breaking down a lot of misconceptions and barriers to adopting. And then we said figuring out your priorities, what you want out of a dog, like what are your wants and needs was that last episode. And then this one is 
okay, you've thought about all that. Now you're going to the shelter. You're ready. You're ready. Steady go. Yes, you're ready to adopt. You've, you've thought it through, talked it out, and you're like, let's do this. So now we're going to walk you through the shelter slash rescue experience, how to find a good one, because they're not all created equal. Yeah. We've broken it down into sections. Is he four sections. Run us through the sections. So we have four sections today. What to do before you go to the shelter. The application itself. Being at the shelter or rescue. Um, and then we'll briefly touch on what to do when you bring that dog home. Beautiful. Let's Section get into one it. A. <laughs> what to do before. All right. Well, obviously, le- listen to our previous episodes on this Duh. topic. So we're assuming you've done those. So you're, we're assuming you are, you have in mind what you're looking for, mm-hmm. what kind of dog. Now you need to start the research of rescues and shelters in your area. Legit question. Why do people need to research what shelter or rescue they need to go to? So that's a good question. Thank you for asking, Izzy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's the, there are not, there are some places that say they are rescues, but they actually have very bad practices and or are actually like puppy mill kind of situations um, where they're rescuing yes. from a puppy mill. Yeah, th- they're rescuing from a puppy mill. Yeah. And and that's not necessarily helping the situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That there, makes sense. In the end, that's kind of supporting puppy mills yeah and um so i think there's a lot of that there's a lot of um you know just places that maybe don't care for their dogs very well i remember back when i was working um animal cruelty investigation and they one of the big cases was a woman who said she was a rescue she was touting herself as a rescue but then she actually had all of these dogs in a massive hoarding situation. Like mm-hmm. she wasn't caring for them behind the scenes at all. She was adopting them out for a high cost mm-hmm. and people thought they were getting a rescue dog. But it, it, in reality, they were just like funding her, but not an actual rescue at all. Right. And so, so I think it's just, you know, you don't want to end up in that situation. You want to have a great rescue slash shelter experience And so that's why we're going to tell you, what does that look like? Great explanation. Thank you, Carly. Because I, I mean, I've worked for shelters and rescues, but, you know, it didn't even occur to me that they, they were bad ones and people would have like a, I'm just naive. I just feel like everyone's a good person and that's really not the case in the world. (laughs) Um, So anyway, how to find a reputable shelter or rescue. Um, So there's quite a few things. Um, Not one is going to rule them all. Um, So a combination of all of these things are probably going to be best. Um, The first thing that you can look on is actually a website called GuideStar. I actually just checked it out. It's really cool. They basically have different tiers. So they have bronze, silver, gold, platinum, depending on how much information the nonprofit has shared with GuideStar. So it shows transparency, which is the biggest thing. Um, so GuideStar is like an assessor of charities. Correct. Like yeah. it's a rating kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's a it's a rater. It's yeah. an assessor. Yeah. Um, And so you can go on there and see how much information they've shared. It shows transparency. It shows that they don't have anything to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll often kind of 
give financial information, the 501c3, which is the charity certification. Yeah. I guess. Basically. They're like nonprofit business license kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That thing. Um, so definitely check that out. It's really easy to use, just guidestar.org. There are other assessors out there, um, but GuideStar just comes highly recommended to us from a friend. Yeah, actually, speaking of, we should say we got all of this info about like what makes a good, what makes a responsible slash respectable rescue slash shelter from someone who actually assesses them. Yeah. Yeah. So she is the one we used to work with her. She's now moved on. And so now she works for ASPCA really just assessing and approving these different animal charities around the u.s so giving them grants which is amazing yes yeah yeah so she does really cool work so she gave us all of this info this is not just um us it's not just izzy and carly's guide to adopting a dog yeah i mean it is but it has it's gotten input (laughs) it's been (laughs) fact-checked um okay next point on how to find how to research is um, what does their board look like? So every charity has a number of board members. These board members are usually, they kind of act as a third party. They make sure that the decisions that are made by the charity are legitimate. They're doing it for the good of the animals and the money isn't going to waste, basically. So what does this board look like? Um, you want to avoid people who have relations to each other on the board. So husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Mom and daughter, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, so one family doesn't monopolize the board and then it's basically their company instead of a yeah. charity. Yeah. Um, and you also want to avoid people who work for that ag- agency. So if you see that, um, you know, the CEO of a charity is also a member of the board. Or like bit. multiple CEO, multiple, like the CFO, like all of them yeah. are members of the board. Then, then that's that's a little bit of a red flag. You definitely want to investigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really what we're looking for is people who are a third party to the agency who are providing expertise. Usually there's an accountant who can provide advice on financial stuff. Usually there's some kind of public relations person who can kind of see about the overall image of the nonprofit um, and that kind of thing. Usually these people have got some kind of experience in managing companies and all of that good stuff yes next next their social media i think this is a big one yeah for a lot of people because it's the easiest one to take a look at this is an easy one rather than i mean if they have their board you know up on the website then great but rather than having to do too much digging you can look at their website their social media um you know things like do they have a mission statement do they have support from the local community? I think that's a huge one mm-hmm. because they've been accepted, haven't they, by everyone around yes. them. And they'll always have that support from the local community and local businesses too. Mm-hmm. Do they have any partner agencies? So do they work with ASPCA or the Humane Society mm-hmm. or even just like a local pet shop? Do they have adoption events at Petco, that kind of thing? Yeah. And are those agencies respectable? Yeah, that's that's actually a good one because I remember when we when Izzy and I worked at the shelter. I mean, we worked alongside a lot of other shelters mm-hmm. and had good working relationships with them. And and that's yeah, that's another way to say like, oh yeah, well we actually we're posting this dog on behalf of 
yeah. you know, this other shelter or something like that. And then, you know, you can kind of yeah. kind of continue to verify from there. Yeah. yeah. And I think that just shows that they, their heart is in it. They're doing it for the animals. They're not doing it. They're not creating enemies within that region mm-hmm. of animal rescue. Um, so everyone's in it for the same reason. And that's generally the vibe that you want to see from their social media and from their website as well. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, I think a lot of people can speak to this with like cancel culture and stuff like that is how do the, sh- how does the shelter or rescue respond to social media and for people who are posting, who are, you know, asking questions, are they very defensive? Are they very professional? Are they mm-hmm. super, super casual and the grammar is off and, yeah. you know, all of that annoying stuff because that's the face of their companies, their social media. So if they're defensive, then how are they going to be when you have a question post-adoption? Are they going to blame it all on you or are they actually going to help you work through it? Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check out some of the comments. Yeah. I mean, and that's the hard thing because it, it is actually more on the rare side for a rescue or shelter to have full five stars. Like there's always going Correct. to be someone who was maybe rejected, then gave a one star. Um, you know, like there's always going to be it's not going to be perfect, but, you know, if you're seeing comments on there like, this is a puppy mill and all the animals are not taken care of well and, like, yeah. you know, just different things like that that's, like, pretty serious allegations, then I would say, you know, that's that's definitely something to, like, red flag kind of, like, ping in your mind. Yeah. If it's stuff that's, like, they were so busy, they didn't have time for me, bad customer service or something like that, then it's, like, it is a nonprofit. Yeah, <laughs> they are probably <laughs> understaffed and underpaid, and and you know, so I think those kind of things make a bit more sense. Or you know, they had a huge wait list for my, the one dog that I wanted so bad, and they wouldn't yeah. let me or something. Then it's like it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I think when you read in reviews about rejections, um, it's it's so easy to believe everything in that review, but mm-hmm. you just don't know the circumstances. They may have got rejected for one animal. Yeah. But not blacklisted completely. Mm-hmm. And they just took that, you know, the wrong way. So yeah. definitely take everything with a pinch of salt. We're just looking for the um the big stuff, the big guns. And then also, you know, on the website, you know, how transparent are they? Kind of I said that with the mission statement and do they have their board listed? Do they have their um employees listed? Do they have, you know, some employees at least? Um, are they easy to contact? All of their contact info on there. It shouldn't be hard to contact them for sure. Yeah. You know, you should have, they should have a phone number and an email and, and things like that, or at least an email that looks legit. It's not like gen123 at hotmail.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, also, do they show their financials at all? You know, do they show their, what's called the 990, I believe? Is there? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the financials. The financials behind yeah. the company. Not that you really need to look at it in great depth, but just the fact that they're willing to show them just says a lot about it. Yes. All. So. Yeah. And you know what? I just realized that my dad um, actually works for a nonprofit. I probably could have asked him some of these questions. Whoops. Well, Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, here we are. Yeah. So I think that's everything about how to kind of just assess the validity. So Google, you know, wherever you are, like Pittsburgh, animal shelters, rescues, like whatever. Yeah. Google Maps even. Type that into Google Maps and then see all of the ones that pop up. 
and then just kind of click, start clicking on a few and see. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a good, uh, a good little checklist to have. Are they transparent? How easy is it to contact them? And, um, do they have a mission statement? Do they have support from the local community? If they mm-hmm. check all of those boxes, yeah. I think you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. And I think the last thing that I would say on this is take everyone's, you know, just as you would take those bad reviews with a grain of salt, take the good reviews also with a great, uh, like if you've been personally, if your friend had a great experience with them and they should, oh, I loved that shelter, like go back, or I loved that rescue. We had a great experience. Go back to them. You don't know how much research your friend did. So like, even though it's like, yes, still look into them, even if they're verified, your parents, your friend, whatever got their dog from that, from that rescue, still do the research. Don't just blindly go into it because take responsibility for your actions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next section. The application. (laughs) (laughs) The application. Okay. So this, we'll try to keep the sections short because, but there is some finesse on how to how to do it so i think so think of it as like a job application you want to present your best self yes exactly i always try and tell people think of it in this way if you're especially with rescues where they could have had these dogs for a really long time Mm -hmm. the bond that they've created with this dog imagine being a foster parent for a dog for a year and then someone comes to adopt that dog you want to make sure it is the absolute best person in the world yes yeah and that is the truth that you need to mm-hmm. put out there. So just think of it as a job application, yeah. well presented, good grammar, because also you never know what a brain does subconsciously. If I see a spelling error, I'm like, well, what else are you sloppy about? Exactly. I know yeah. that's extreme, it's, but that's but, just yeah, where my mind you, goes. It doesn't want to look like you've ha- half-assed it, Yeah, basically, at yeah. the end of the day. And, and we are going to say every rescue and or shelter has their own application type that's their prerogative we've kind of said of our opinions on this before but you know some are extremely thorough some are a bit more minimal and that's at that's up to them it is a gray there's like a fine gray area kind of where you want to make it easy enough for people to adopt but hard enough that you can actually assess it are they going to be a good home for a dog yeah and i think more than that it's just what do they need counseling on? Like, what does this potential adopter need help with before we send them home with the dog? Maybe they don't know what type of training is correct. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily going to bar you from getting a dog. It just opens up a conversation that needs to be had before you take a dog home. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people get quite defensive mm-hmm. is when someone is, you know, quote unquote, trying to tell you how to own a dog. No, it's not that. They just want to make sure that you have all the tools in your back pocket to make it successful. So um, I think just be understanding to the position of the rescue because they need to do their due diligence just like you did when Mm -hmm. you chose them. Exactly. Yeah. So first up, like first steps on that, research the place's applications and their requirements for adopting. So on their website, it should be clearly listed um, if it's not yet another red flag about them you know as i said they should be easy to contact or you know find this info out and so research read everything through feel free to call them if there's something that's not clear but don't badger them don't just like call up without even looking at the website and say like how do i apply and it's like already all on the website they they don't have time for that they are a nonprofit. 
Yeah. So, you know, do that part. Some references will, uh, or excuse me, some applications will request references. So have those prepared. Oftentimes it is someone who is not a family member. So, you know, have some people in mind that are going to be good for that. Yeah. Um, Work colleague. Yeah. Friends. Friends. Yeah. You know, someone you like dog sat for or baby Mm -hmm. sat for, you know, like a family friend, like things like that who know your character and um, are going to give you good reference. Some places actually request pictures as well of your home. So this is more for the rescues. Uh, Some shelters may, but a lot of rescues, their application is going to be more thorough because they are not a physical location that you can go to. They are going to be, maybe they're based in Texas, but they ship up to Seattle, which is what how Albie's rescue was. And so, um, or something like that. And so, (laughs) (laughs) um, they're going to be a bit more thorough. So I had to send in pictures of our backyard showing that there was a solid fence. And I showed like our little living room, you know, just things like that. So have those prepared. And, um, and then, you know, really give thought to their questions too. You know, so if they're saying, what's your plan? Like, we see you have another dog in the home. What's your plan? when this new one comes home and you should have a plan. You should say, yeah, we're going to separate them in this way. Yeah. Right off the bat. You know, we're going to let them feed in separate rooms in this way, you know, just to, to make sure that they're okay together and like all these things. And I think the main points they're going to be hitting on these, obviously every case is going to be a bit different, but I'm training confinement, your home setup, exercise, other animals in the house, financial. Yeah, I think they're the main points. So just think about those and think about how you want to present your solutions mm-hmm. of that yeah. to the rescue. Yeah, they may say, what's your training style? And you do some research on different training styles of, yeah. you know, dog training, you know, clicker training or positive reinforcement, like things like that, you know, do some research and um, and then you should be able to answer their questions. Also, if you already did the work ahead of time that we outlined in our previous episode, then you should kind of have a mind, you should have in mind what your dog's life is going to look like in your home. Indeed. Yeah. Just to round out the application, um, Lupin's snoring next to me. Shh, Lupin. What Izzy was saying earlier, like it's like a job application. So I would just recommend some of them can be quite lengthy. So just like have the time to do it. Don't be like, oh, I'm on my lunch break. I got a free 30 minutes. Like, I'll just quickly do it. it. That sounds nice, but really, like, you really want to put your best foot forward. So, like, take a few hours if you have multiple rescues that you're contacting. Take a couple hours on, like, a weekend morning and sit down with all of that info prepared and put your best foot forward on that application. Indeed. Yes. Agreed. So, you've done that. You've applied. Or you have your application in hand. Let's now, say. Let's now, let's go to the shelter or rescue. Woo-hoo! I think this more applies to shelter because yeah. you don't really go to a rescue. Yes. You go to a rescue's website. Exactly. Actually, about okay, all so their events. Well, let's talk about the rescue and then we'll say at the shelter, the experience at the shelter. So the rescue, you would submit your application. If you have a specific dog in mind, usually they'll ask you that on your application if you've looked at their adoptable dogs. But then go um, from there. You can email them. Feel free. I did that with Albie. I sent in my application on their online form. And then I also emailed them, said, hey, sent in my application. You know, can't wait to hear from you. It just shows that you're not pressuring them. You know, you're not like, when will it be? 
I need this dog. But you're just saying like, so excited to work with you guys kind of thing. Yeah. Just like a little like, I'm here. Same thing. They are a nonprofit. So after that, don't badger them. But you do need to be your own advocate as well. You you yeah. could get lost in the shelter or bleh, you could get lost in the shuffle. So there's a fine line of like, I think just not every day, but, yeah. you know, just like you would with a job application, send it in, maybe follow up Yeah, in like a couple days. Mm-hmm. If they still don't go back, if they still haven't gotten back to you, then maybe give them a call yeah. like a week later. Yeah. And, and be okay that maybe you got your application in a little too late for that one dog you had your eye on. Because you are applying to multiple rescues. You're going to other shelters too. You don't have all your eggs in one basket. And, you know, but that's still okay. You're still putting your best foot forward and there will be another dog that comes along. So just, you know, if they don't get back to you and then all of a sudden that dog you were interested is no longer on the website, don't kick off and be like, excuse me, I applied. And just like, maybe they already had an adoption in process when you did apply. And so, yeah, yeah, so just that would be the other thing as far as the rescue thing, because since it is all online, there's not as much... um, it's not some things aren't as obvious, basically. Yeah, of and what's I think, going on behind the scenes? Exactly, and I think just it's it's difficult for them to update things in real time. Yeah. Um, okay, next thing. Yes, now you are. So this is if you are going to a shelter. Are going to a shelter? So I'm um, obviously show up. I would <laughs> look nice, but not yeah. too nice. I wouldn't wear stilettos, but I would look presentable mm-hmm. because you want that first impression to be great. Look prepared. Look prepared. Have a treat pouch. Yeah, have your application Already printed off out. in yeah in yeah. hand, and go to them and say, "Hi, you know, we're interested in getting a dog. Should we go look at them in the back? You know, at the in the kennels first. Do you want to talk to us here first? Like, yeah, kind of take control as far as that. Be proactive. Yes, I'm. So once you've um once you've had a chat with them and kind of figured out what their um routine is. Mm-hmm. That could be going to look at the dogs. It could be, you know, chatting with them first and they'll tell you what dogs they think you would be a really good fit for. Um, so you found the dog. You found a dog. You found, let's say, like there were two or three that were like, oh my God, they're so cute. That's kind of what we're looking for. Now let's meet them. Yes. And I think just expectations first. Yeah. Some dogs aren't going to run up to you and be your best friend. A lot of them will. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, it's not because the dog doesn't like you. It's because you're a stranger. So don't try and push it because if there's someone out there supervising you, you know they're probably just going to tell you to back off and, and to let the dog come to you first. But it will be good for them to see that you have dog skills. Yeah, exactly. You know, just don't expect too much of the dog mm-hmm. because you also have to remember. Um, oh, sorry. Another thing. Try to come first thing in the morning. If oh, you yeah. come in the afternoon, one, many dogs will be gone already. And it's a shit show. And yeah. <laughs> and also, it usually is very busy and um, the dogs are tired by then. Yeah, they're so tired. Yeah. And also, the people are tired. Imagine, last last thing of the day and you've got this really peppy, happy couple mm-hmm. who like want to impress you and they're doing everything right and you've been shat on for the fifth time <laughs> that day, and you smell like shit, Yeah, and you've got someone else's t-shirt on because mm-hmm. yours has got urine on. Yep. <laughs> and then that's the last thing that Your you want. Your mascara is like all like off, like yeah. smudged off. It's and, just the yeah. last thing that you would ever want. So yeah. go early in the morning and get them while they're fresh. Yes. 
Yeah. And the people. And the people, yeah. <laughs> and the dogs. And the dogs. So that's what I was going to say is like, don't expect too much of them because imagine they have their little bedroom in mm-hmm. the shelter and they've got, you know, hundreds of people sometimes walking by. Yeah, looking that's at a them, lot of stimulation, going, you're isn't so it? cute. Yeah, it's just a lot of stimulation. Yeah. So if they're not overwhelmed. Yeah, if they're not like bouncing off the walls so happy to just be with you, that doesn't mean that they're not your dog. Like it doesn't mean that, you know, that there's no connection between you or anything like that. Don't read into it basically. Yeah. Um, and maybe ask, you know, if it's a loud area, maybe ask if you can take the dog for a walk. Mhm. Yeah. Or have someone else take the dog for a walk and you kind of like follow them so you can get that experience. Yeah. And you can see what kind of walker they are. Yeah. You you can see like, oh, wow, this dog is a lot more powerful than I thought. You know, they are keen. They are chasing squirrels up the tree, like all that. You know, so this, these are things just to do with the dog, you know, offer a toy. Are they interested in toys? Yeah. Like offer a treat if you're allowed to. Yeah. I'm all kinds of stuff. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't push it to do like, a full-on behavior test the first mm-hmm. time you meet a dog. Yeah. I would first find out out of this three, the hypothetical three dogs, just meet them all first. Once you've narrowed it down mm-hmm. to the to the dog that you want, then you can start to be like, oh, okay, this is the dog that I want. How are they with like handling and stuff like that? Yeah. Once you've met them. Yeah. You know, you've already built up a mini relationship. Yeah. Um, and the adoption advisor should kind of oversee the visit. And also should be able to tell you all of these things about the dog. If they had just come in, you know, a few hours before, then then maybe not. But more often than not, they should be like, oh, yeah, you know, he settled into his kennel really quickly and easily. And he takes treats so gently and he's mm-hmm. a really good walker. You know, he doesn't pull like things like yeah. that. They should kind of already know because the dog has probably been fed and probably been on a walk already. Yeah, I think other expectations are just... um don't expect to take the home that day or mm-hmm. know that maybe you might go home with a dog that day. Yes. Just depending on what the procedure is and how comfortable everyone feels with moving forward and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. So just be prepared. You know, maybe, Either way. Yeah, maybe yeah. have a leash and collar in the back just in case. Or, you know, if mm-hmm. you do have another dog at home, maybe bring them with you mm-hmm. just in case. Just in if, case, yeah. Yeah, if your dog gets nervous, then obviously don't do that. And yeah. There's other ways you can go around it. mm -hmm. But if you've got a happy-go-lucky dog. And a lot of shelters um, or rescues should be able to put a hold on a dog for you. So that's the same thing as like be ready for the next steps. So if if they require a home visit and then if they require, you know, you to them to meet everyone in the home. Be able, like, be ready to bring, yeah. you know, we grandma lives with us or we have a child, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Bring the whole family in, anyone or a roommate or a housemate. Yeah. Oftentimes they will need to come meet the dog. So it shows that the whole family, the whole home is ready to yeah. get on it, to take a dog. And then also, if you have a partner, like, this is not the time for, you know, if you have like a boyfriend or something that you're like, well, let's just go to the shelter and like see. And you've already done all this back research. And then you're like, this is the one. They want to do a home visit. And then then all of a sudden he or she kicks off and is like, wait, like, I, we're not ready. We can't get the dog this week. Like, that's not the time to have that conversation. And you clearly haven't listened to our previous episodes. Yeah. So, yes. Do so, that. <laughs> so, make sure that everyone in the home is ready for those next steps. Um, and then, yeah, be ready to take the dog home that day or have the expectation like, 
you know, maybe this isn't your dog. We'll try again next weekend or yeah. like we'll come we'll keep an eye on the website or something like that. The other thing that I would probably add in there is just the nonprofit environment. Like understand that as Izzy kind of said earlier, you know, it is <laughs> a hard job as an employee to be in there. And so if someone is maybe a bit curt with you, that's not great, but you know, sometimes they're they're animal people. They're not people people. Yeah, <laughs> work there. So just keep that in mind if someone's maybe a bit curt or maybe a little like talking too fast, walking too fast and yep, yeah, this one's great. Yep, uh-huh. You know, like that kind of thing, then take it with a grain of salt that they've probably had a really busy day. And also if the whole inside, I remember this one time, um there was a dog that was in heat because she hadn't been spayed yet. And so she had, there were little droplets of blood in the kennel. Mm -hmm. We had easily 20 people in an hour, like easily come up and be like, one of the dogs is bleeding. And we're like, yes, we know. Da -da -da, you know? <laughs> so if they're like, you know, if there's something that looks a little bit amiss, obviously, you know, feel free to tell them, but also realize that they are tr keeping it as clean as possible. There is a routine behind the scenes, even if yeah. the, the floor is a bit scuffed and, you know, and there's, you know, like yeah. one of the dogs have torn up their toy on the inside and the fluff is everywhere. Like, yeah, it, they're doing the best they can kind of thing. You know what I always hated at the shelter was when a dog would like pee on its way out and mm -hmm. then I would make a volunteer stand there until someone else went to go and get them up because mm -hmm. I just didn't want people to think that there was just pee on the ground yeah. for a long period of time. So yeah. I'd be like, stand there. And tell people we're working on it. <laughs> we know. We know that there's pee on the ground. Um, okay. So I think, yeah, I think those are the main what to expect at the shelter. You know, the adoption advisor, feel free to ask questions too. That's yeah. the only other thing. Like, I think that's actually a good thing. Yeah. 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 You know, if, if they say, if the adoption advisor asks you, okay, like, how do you plan on exercising the dog? Say, well, this is what we were thinking, but... Do you have any other advice? Yeah. Or what do you yeah. think this do you think this dog would would enjoy that plan or do we need to adjust it for this yeah. particular individual? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we were thinking of crate training. Do you think that's a good idea? And then they'll be like, "Yes," or or whatever. You know, here's a brochure on it. Here's some extra resources for you and Yeah. those kind of things. So, just show that you've you've done your homework, but you're also open to learning more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to round it out. Yes. So that is that. And I think the last little thing that we would like to add, we can probably maybe we'll do another episode on this down the road. But when you take the dog home, let's say everything goes well, you got, you know, you were successful in your adoption. Please. Netflix and chill. Yes. That is your life <laughs> for the next like at least two weeks. For the love of dog. For the love of dog. Do not take them to... I know you're excited to get the like leash and the, oh, they would look so cute in this bandana and, you know, all of that. Do not take them to dog parks, pet stores, breweries, mm -hmm. anything like that. Do not go anywhere. You have, do not have a ton of people over to meet your do new dog. Let them settle in for at least two weeks of like actual Netflix and chill. Yeah. You exercise them, like just have a solid routine. Bedtime you know, breakfast time, exercise, sleep time, you know, Play or time, like crate whatever. time. Yeah, exactly. Like you, like it is, you need to be so strict about it and also know that your dog is not going to be 
settled in probably for, I would say, like at least six months. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Especially if you've got a shy dog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Albie, I can say from personal experience, he was not a shy dog. He was, he's like probably one of the best dogs you could get. Like he was just mm. like cool with everything, happy as a clam, <laughs> eager to please. He didn't play with toys until probably like three months in. And, yeah. and now he doesn't stop. Now he loves toys. And so it's just the thing that he wasn't comfortable enough yet, even yeah. though we, we kept it like super strict routine and stuff. He didn't show his true personality for a little bit. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's yeah. normal. Yes. It's normal. So just calm down. Yeah. We, I mean, we had, I remember we had at the shelter a dog that was returned because he like ended up lunging at the person that it wasn't even lunging. It was like, you know, he got on his last nerve and he kind of did like a little like, like nip, like rough mm. kind of thing, but he didn't actually bite anyone. It was just like a warning. And he got returned because they had, they took him home from the shelter and they took him immediately on this long hike and then they took him to Petco and like he was done. Oh my God. And he was returned because of that. It just, yeah. it's so sad. So basically, last round out thing, we hope you are su- successful in your adoption. Once you bring that dog home, take it slow. Don't mess it up. You can always <laughs> go too slow. No, you, no can, you can always You go, can never go too slow. Yeah, you can never go yeah. too slow, but you can go too fast. Yes. Perfect. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> Izzy's out of here. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. We are out. Peace. All content on Weather Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.